Creative Sandbox Way Podcast, episode 186. Hello, I am Melissa Dinwiddie, and I believe that life is too short not to express the innate creativity inside of you. So I wrote a book called The Creative Sandbox Way, based around 10 guideposts that I developed to get myself out of creative stuck and back to the sense of playful creativity that I naturally had when I was a four-year-old. That book was just the tip of the iceberg. I continue the conversation with this podcast. Let's jump in. So I'm super excited today to have a listener spotlight. Today's guest is Anya Archer, who is a listener who found me through the podcast and was a member of my Creative Sandbox community for a while. And I have been following her on Instagram. She makes amazing, gorgeous art. And I invited her to come on the podcast because I don't even remember what we were talking about, but we had a a direct message conversation on Instagram and I invited her to come on the show. So anyway, welcome, Anya. I'm so glad you're here. Well, I'm really excited. And to remind you, (laughs) it was about getting out of comfort zone. And actually, this podcast is one of those things. Yay! So I don't know if it's related or not, but I couldn't sleep last night. I was waking up all the time. I don't know if it's related or not. But yeah, definitely this was something uh, that I was not sure if I can do it. But when you you said that, let's do it, I'm like, okay, I can't say no. I'm open to new opportunities and challenges. So I'm doing it. Good for you. Good for you. That's so meta. I love it. You said yes to something that you felt uncomfortable doing. It actually works perfectly with my theme for my for this year, which was getting out of comfort zone. So I couldn't say no. (laughs) Otherwise, I would be just really uh, lying to myself that I'm doing all I can to get myself out there. So kind of there was no choice for me. <laughs> Good for you. I love it. So I know, well, first of all, tell, tell me, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. Well, I do a lot of different things, but I will focus on the creativity and art mainly. So for many years For most of my life, I actually did not create much. Even though I've seen my mom creating, she's an amazing artist. She writes amazing poems. She paints really well and just tackles all the other arts that she goes into like with such a passion. And she treats it as a hobby, not as her job. But she Mm -hmm. always is create something or write, mostly writing. And because I've read her poems and at school, I was never encouraged. I was actually one of the C students, especially in Polish language because I'm Polish. Um, I thought writing is not my thing. 
then I was surrounded by friends who were really great artists who could draw and create amazing things. While I, when I tried, I didn't really, it didn't work for me. It wasn't, I was always unhappy with it. It was never good. So I just never did it later in the future. And, and just till I was, I think, 28, I think it was something around that time. I moved to States. I met my husband. I stayed here. We lived, lived together. And in that time, my father passed away. Mm. And by this, the sad situation, I got, I really got depressed. And when that happened, getting out of it was really terrible, terrible situation. And there were two things that I started realizing at that time. One, I do love animals. So I started working with animals, which helped me a lot. But another thing was that I want to spend more time with my family and travel because that's another passion that I had. And my husband said, well, then let's do it. Let's just go traveling. We went back to my uh, my hometown to visit my mom for months. I was trying to get back into so like everyday life and still struggled when we came back. And for some reason, my husband noticed that I do things. He knows I do photo- photography. And I think you've seen some of my images. Yeah. But I never felt like sharing them is really for me. So I never took the time to edit them or do anything with them. So they were just on my laptop, just hiding away. And my husband said, well, you have to do something. I can see you really want to do something creative. So do something with the pictures or do something with Photoshop because he always saw me talking, you hear hear me talking about Photoshop and, oh, I can do this or I could do it. It's like, why don't you do it? (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I started playing around and discovered digital scrapbooking. And I dive into it and it actually got me to know the software and starting me creating and got me out of that fun that I'm, I can't do anything. I can't make anything because in digital world, I can't do anything. It's digital. I can make mm. adjustments. It's so much easier. So I've been focusing on that, taking a lot of hours, learning and trying to uh, build my business based on digital scrapbooking. But one day I felt like I am doing a lot, but none of this is actually mine. Because for digital scrapbooking, it's not as creative as I would like. And there are certain rules and things you have to make to make into the kit and all of them. Just like, I'm like but that's not what I'm feeling right now. I don't want to do all those things. And... Again, I got stuck. Like, I don't want to do it. It's like, it's just so tiring and it's not giving me the happiness I wanted. I want to make something mine. And then again, my husband was like, so why don't you do it? (laughs) He's right. Again, he's right. And at this time, I found your podcast and listened to it daily. 
basically. Wow. Listen to it. All those people who said so many amazing things and your messages, your the uh, creative sandbox uh, manifest. Mm-hmm. The manifesto, yeah. Yeah, that was just such a like eye-opener. All those points in my tiny and tiny and daily and just getting rid of the gremlins when they say something I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. And through that, I started trying to sketch some, some things. It wasn't great, but I didn't give up. Because when I said, okay, I'm going to get better, I start, I'm going to start learning. I spent so much time in the past learning the digital scrapbooking creation, creations. Why I won't spend that much time on this? If I do, I will get better. So I kept at it. I kept at it. And I'm just enjoying it. I just love creating. I feel more comfortable with my photography. So I'm actually, um, before I was doing just regular outdoor nature, animals, photography. Now I'm getting myself out of my comfort zone and starting doing some more studio work, creating more flat lays or foot photography to switch it up and just exposing myself for different ones instead of staying in my comfort zone. So that is one thing. And the drawing and sketching, this is just something that I never thought I will be doing and I will be where I'm at right now. Wow. That is an incredible story. I had no idea. And when when I see your designs on Instagram, they're they're gorgeous. Thank you. They're so you. refined. Like I I would have had if I had just stumbled upon you not knowing anything about your history, I would have no idea of the doubts and the, you know, all of the thoughts that you just shared, which, which just goes to show that, you know, when you see from the outside, you know, we, we just see the facade, you know, when we, we have no idea what's going on inside somebody's head. Yeah. And actually you saying this is, relevant to what I'm struggling right now because you said that you wouldn't see the doubts but I like I said I love animals I love nature and I would love to draw animals but I'm terrified (laughs) I'm so terrified I'm I'm doing some smaller and less complicated creatures here and there but I have I really want to do a project of endangered animals to bring awareness and share that. But I'm just terrified to try that I'm not good enough to actually even start. Well, so I have a question for you. Have you talked to your husband about it? (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling I know what he would say. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. He knows about it. Um, We do talk a lot about that, but it's... It is something that I'm still struggling. And there's uh, also watercolors. I'm in love with watercolors. And I work digitally in my, on my app 
So all my creations are basically digital. And picking up that uh, brush and the watercolors, it's, again, terrifying. I tried a couple of times, and then like, I can't. This is just, this sucks. I can't deal with it right now. This is too much. <laughs> it's so interesting for me to hear you say that, Anya, because everything you shared in your story just a couple minutes ago was one thing after another you saying, well, I couldn't do this at first. It was too hard. It was really scary. But then I tried it and little by little, I got better. Yeah. And you would think by now I would learn, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, this is the same for every single one of us. We all go through this. I go through it too. Oh my gosh. There's so many things in my life where I am going through exactly the same thing. I've been going through it with visual communication, graphic recording. Oh, it's so scary. So, you know, anytime you're doing something new that's outside of your comfort zone, hello, bing, bing, yeah. bing, bing, bing. <laughs> the gremlins start going nuts. It feels impossible. It feels scary. It feels like there's no way I can do that. And then, you know, if you just do, you know, just take a few little steps and a few little steps and a few little steps and you keep at it, eventually you turn around and go, wait, I used to think this was impossible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And why? so that's actually, that thinking brought me to my 30 day challenges every month, each month. I'm choosing 30, one thing that I will do for 30 days. It happens most of the time, but not always. And it's, and I'm trying not to focus on only creative things because I want to make it grow in all the other areas in my life. Uh -huh. So like this month was finding 10 minutes to just sit down and do nothing. Oh, that is so hard. Great. Oh my God. Because like <laughs> every day I say only if I had more time in a day, because I have so many ideas, so many things I want to work on, so many things I want to practice, improve on that at the end of the day, I've been on my feet all day doing something <laughs> and never took time to actually do nothing. Yeah. And just rest. And it's the hardest one so far. <laughs> Oh, I so resonate with that. Yeah, I was just sharing with Rebecca, who's on the call with us today in our live studio audience, <laughs> that I'm struggling with getting regular migraines again, which are probably rebound headaches. And one of the things that I know is very, very helpful is when I take essentially brain rest, <laughs> which is like what they prescribe for people who've had concussions, mm -hmm. which is no screens, no reading, like this, like basically doing nothing. I mean, you could go on a walk, you know, you could meditate, you could go to a spa, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> no being on the computer, yeah. no reading, none of the things that I do all day long and i and ever since coming home from our paris trip 
I've been getting migraines again, like a lot of migraines <laughs> pretty much every day. And I know it's because I'm just on all the time. And, and what do I need to do? I need to do nothing. I need to do more of doing nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it is it the is. hardest thing. It is. Yeah, it is hard. <laughs> it's so hard because when I, when I sit down to do nothing, the first thing I turn to is reading. And I turn to listening. <laughs> yeah, which, that. Either reading actually, or listening. <laughs> which actually will go to my something cool later. <laughs> <laughs> I will actually ask you, did you have a chance to try the routine I sent you when you were in France about the migrants? No, I have not had a chance to try it. Try that. It may help. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to find it again because it's in the direct messages on Instagram. <laughs> yes, I will be able to find it. I was very off of devices. Uh, most of the time when I, was, when I was in France, which was partly why I didn't well, get as many migraines, I'm sure. Probably. Uh, well, that was, in, that was actually the case of your vacation. You were going there to enjoy the place, not to be on your devices. That's right. And yeah. I mean, I was, we were doing things all day long. We were, you know, I was out there, I was absorbing yeah. things, but I, it was a lot of walking. In my case, it was crutching because I was on crutches the whole time, but, but we were out and about and not on devices. And I think the, I think the universe is telling me I got to get off a screen. So I will definitely check, check out that routine. Thank you for reminding yeah. me. Yeah, I, I do them uh, whenever it happens and uh, my husband's client just love it. So try it. Cool. I, I'm really glad you reminded me. Well, Anya, you know, after you found my podcast and you were listening all the time, uh, how did that impact what, what you did and impact your day and, and your life? The, the biggest thing I think out of, it's not necessarily out of the podcast. It's the manifesto. Okay. That, that made the biggest difference. And then getting your book even make it more real because I could practice with the yeah. book, everything, and just actually uh, listen to my thoughts and write them down and actually acknowledge all those things instead of just using the titles. But the biggest one, I think, is the Gremlins and the Tiny But Daily. Mm -hmm. That was the biggest one, which Tiny But Daily changed to basically being daily for me. So now I make sure I do something daily. Most of the time, if I start, it's not tiny. It just well, gets in. It lasts much longer. That's the secret. See, <laughs> you just start. Which yeah. of course is number five. But if you start, if you if you let it be tiny and you just start, then it ends up often it ends up not being tiny. But if you yeah. make the if you make the commitment of ridiculously achievable and tiny, yeah, then, you know, it gets you over the hurdle. It's just getting started. That's the thing. If you if you say, Well, I'm gonna spend three hours today, then it's just like, ah, oh, forget it. 
But if you say, exactly. you know what, I'm going to spend two minutes today, then you might end up spending three hours. <laughs> exactly. That's what happens. So now I'm not even saying tiny but daily, just daily for me. And the gremlins. Gremlins are the big, big thing that, as I said, I still fight with when it comes to some creations of mine, like drawing the uh, animals and focusing on the work of that kind. But I do find myself saying no to them more than agreeing with them. Oh, I love it. But it's like you always send them to have pedicures. I always send the, send them to have some French fries. Oh, yes, that's great. <laughs> yeah, so that's definitely one. I, I quicker catch myself on the negative thinking and the thoughts that come to my mind than in the past and react to it saying, well, you're not right. I'm going to stick with it. And if I have to, I will make changes later. But they're still there. They're still wow. there. So that's the, and I, from what I heard, they're going to be always there. Oh, yeah. And just finding the response. Yeah, that's the thing. They, they never go away because they're there to protect us from, you know, it's a product of evolution. So anytime we step outside our comfort zone or even get close to the edge of our comfort zone, that's when the gremlins are going to appear. That's when those negative thoughts that, you know, come in all different shapes and sizes and, you know, different disguises, that's when they're going to appear. So the trick is to start to recognize them and to make that, to start to get some distance between that thought and you so that, you know, you can create some space there so that you have a choice of how you react. Yeah. So, so that you can understand, oh, that's just a thought. It's just a gremlin. I don't have to pay attention to it. I mean, I, I have to pay attention to the fact that it exists, but I don't have to, to take direction from it. Exactly. It's so liberating, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's not to say that, I mean, my gremlins, I, I still, I'm still learning. Like, Oh my gosh, I let myself be directed by a gremlin for weeks. Oh, the, I mean, just back in, well, now it's almost five years ago, but this is an example that popped to mind. When I got married at the end of 2013, a few months before the wedding, uh, I was, we had a Jewish wedding and one of the traditional elements of a Jewish wedding is this document, a ketubah. And for yeah. many, many years, that's how I made my living was as a ketubah artist. And I wasn't going to make a ketubah for our wedding because mm -hmm. my husband's not Jewish. And well, that was the excuse that I had, but which was a stupid excuse because probably at least three quarters of my clients when I was a full-time ketubah artist were interfaith couples where one of the partners was not Jewish. So like, what was this reasoning that, you know, I wasn't going to make a ketubah for our wedding because my husband wasn't Jewish. My fiance wasn't Jewish. No, it was because of fear that I couldn't possibly make a perfect enough ketubah that would, that would encapsulate everything that I wanted to encapsulate about our relationship that would embody everything I wanted to embody 
in one piece of art. There was no way it could be good enough. And I, when I finally realized that, I went, oh my God, that's a gremlin. It took me, I don't know how many years, at least two years to actually make the manifesto to make that document because I, I believed that there was no way that my calligraphy would possibly do it justice. <laughs> and finally, when I realized that, I went, well, that's stupid. Just let it be imperfect. And I spent a weekend and I made the artwork for the manifesto, the creative sandbox way. What are, you know, it's gone through different, different names, but the, the guideposts, the, the keys to creative flow, the, the creative sandbox rules that was what I originally yeah. called them. You know, we just, if we're lucky, if we are mindful, we just keep recognizing them. And it's like when you meditate, if you, if you're a meditator, it's, there's not a, it's not a problem when you notice yourself losing track of your breathing and getting completely absorbed in thought. It's actually great because you've noticed it and that's the golden moment. So you just bring your attention your focus back to your breathing and just label that thought thinking and, and can, and go back to your breathing. And it's the same thing with our gremlins. Like, Oh, look at that. I recognized a gremlin. Yay. Now I know that's a gremlin and I can dismiss that gremlin, send it off to get French fries or get off, go send it off to get a pedicure or send it off to play football or whatever it is that you like to send your gremlins off to do. And now I can get on with the business of creativity and play. And isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. And that makes me think that I probably should sit down and try to find what is my gremlin? Like, what is, what are, why the blog that I have, why I'm so afraid to draw animals? Why is it? That is a great yeah. advice. Just sit down and just ask myself because that's that's one thing. I just put it off and put it off. When I know I don't want it anymore, I want to move on. I want to start working on it. And I know it's not going to be perfect. Like we talked about it at the first time. It will, but it will get there. So just finding what is making me uh, stop when I pick up my pen and go for something I already know and feel comfortable with. Yeah. And you may also choose to, that's, that's a fantastic exercise to ask yourself that question. Why? And you can also choose to start even when you don't know the answer to the question and just say, screw it. I'm going to start making animals, even though I don't know why I'm scared. I just know I'm scared and I'm just going to start making animals, imperfect animals anyway. I am going to claim the label (laughs) of an intentional imperfectionist and I'm going to let myself make crappy animals. Well, that's my my 30-day challenge for next month. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) I had something else in mind, but this will work. Awesome. (laughs) This is more important for me. Excellent. That's, that's the thing, you know, that I, I know it's been very liberating for me when I, I often find that when I have allowed myself to be blocked by something, it's because I have this 
this sort of ideal in my head of what that thing needs to be like. And if I can blow up that ideal and let it be completely different from that ideal, like I want to make animals, I want to make portraits, I want to make whatever it is and say, you know, forget that. I'm going to make crappy animals. I'm going to make crappy portraits. I'm going to make crappy X, Y, Z. They don't have to be anything like this idea of what I thought they had to be like. I'm just going to explore and play and let them be crappy. I like that. <laughs> oh my God, it makes all the difference. <laughs> and actually, when, when you said that, it made me think about when I felt like I'm creating something that means to me was when I let it go, thinking about creating a product. Yeah. That's, when my, that, that's when my skills improved. That's when I got the most out of creating. Mm. In the past, because like I said, in the digital scrapbooking world, weekly I was creating new products all the time. So my thinking was, I have to make all these things that go into the set that has to be released. So it wasn't creative. It was just that I had to check some boxes mm. to make it work. And there is a product at the end. Right. So when I switched to creating more of my art, every time I'm like, oh, I can work on this. It will be a great coloring page with that mindset. So there's always a product at the end. And I, one, I was never happy with it because mm. I wasn't there yet. And then always stressed out that I need to create something because I need to have it on Monday because that's what I said, told myself that I need to have it on Monday. And just following that was making me miserable. Oh, and yeah. when I when I, I don't remember what was it, when I just like <laughs> felt that this is not working, I told myself, this is it. There's no more product. It's like the crappy animals. There's no thinking about ideal animals. You're just going to make crappy flowers or crappy something, and it's not going to be a product. It's just going to be you exploring and having fun. Yeah. And that's totally applies here too with the animals. Yeah, it's the difference between being in the creative sandbox and being in the space of creating on a deadline for a business. And yeah. they're, they're just very different spaces. So, and I've been in both. You know, I, I had an art business for many years and, you know, you can, I created so many things for my art business, so many pieces that I never would have created. It forced me to do things in a good way that I never would have created otherwise that I'm very proud of. It stretched me in a lot of ways and it burned me the heck out also. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, so that so I'm not I'm I'm not at all saying that one should never have an art business or one should never create things on a deadline or that that's all bad or anything like that. It's just they're very different animals, and I'm a strong believer in the 
the extreme importance, like the, that it is it's essential to have space, to create space, sacred, sacred, sacred space for creative sandbox time where commerce does not enter, where what other people think does not enter, where it is not about impressing people or trying to win awards or trying to make money, where it is purely about exploring and playing and doing things for the pure, pure fun and play and joy of it. Because we need that. We absolutely need that. And if you do have an art business, it will benefit from that. And it will feel like it, part of you may feel like it's a waste of time and that your business is not benefiting and that you can't afford to take this time, et cetera, et cetera. But in fact, it's the other way around. You can't afford not to, to take that pure play creative sandbox time. Your business will shrivel up and die if you don't feed it with that creative sandbox exploration playtime. You absolutely need it. This is why like Google has, what is it, 10% time or 20% time? I can't remember. There's a certain percentage of time where people at Google, Google employees are permitted to do whatever they want on the company's dollar to explore and essentially play. You know, it needs to be to the service of the company. Yeah. But but in Google's, you know, in, in this particular case for Google, but but they understand the value of exploration and making messes and exploring. Exploring exploration is the same thing, obviously, but (laughs) (laughs) and that's what creative sandbox playtime is. We need that. Yeah, and I agree because like like I said, when I was thinking with that mindset, business, it has to be a product. It's like I wasn't even growing. I was just okay, this is what I offered. So this has to match this template I created for myself. And now anytime that I would create outside of it, it's a waste of my time because I'm not creating a product. And it was just, I'm like, I can't explore anything. I can't play. I'm burning out. And it's like, my business is not, Get growing at that point because I'm I'm sick of it myself. <laughs> so like I'm done with this. And then my art is not growing either because I don't let myself to explore yeah. and play and have fun and see what I'm actually enjoying and where I can take it. Oh yeah. I went through exactly the same <laughs> thing. It's it's painful. Yeah. That's why we need creative sandbox playtime even if it is just 10 or 15 minutes a day it's like oxygen yeah exactly well i'm excited to see what you do with your crappy crappy animals animals. (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna work on it (laughs) i'm excited i'm gonna make a list so i know what animals to draw so it's not like oh what am I drawing today and spend half an hour thinking what I'm drawing? I will. That's a great idea. Yeah. You know, the, the, my most recent experience with this actually is my travel journal 
because I had this story in my head that, oh, I'm not a, an art journal person. I don't do that. I don't really do travel journaling because I had this, this idea in my head, this vision of what travel journals look like mm-hmm. because, you know, I know people who do travel yeah. journals who are really good illustrators and I'm not that kind of illustrator. So I'm not good at that. I don't do that. So I brought um, a moleskin journal to Paris with me and I started it actually before we left. And it's, it was really interesting to see the evolution over the process, uh, over the period of the two and a half weeks. Before we left, I did a few little hesitant drawings and I let them be crappy. And I took, I took notes at the conference that we built our whole vacation around this, this conference that I went to in Paris, the Applied Improvisation Network World Conference. And my, I took sketch notes at the conference and those got much more sort of bold over the, the course of the conference. So that was really fun to watch. And I ended up not doing as much note-taking and drawing over the course of our trip because I was busy exploring exploring and being there, being present, right? So I was kind of frustrated because I wanted to do more, more drawing and, and note-taking in the moment, but I was in the moment. I was actually yeah. experiencing the moment. But anyway, I had so much fun after at my retreat, which was a week after we got back, I had my creative sandbox retreat and I decided to work on uh, drawing and, and writing notes from the trip in my travel journal at the retreat. And again, letting it be crappy. And I used a pen, no pencil. So I couldn't erase anything because I'm an intentional imperfectionist. <laughs> And so I got to let things be crappy and it was okay if they didn't look like the thing. You know, I had lots of pictures that I'd taken on my phone. And so I was drawing from the photos and letting them be messy and letting them be crappy and then painting with watercolor and letting that be crappy. And I so enjoyed that process and dancing with my gremlins who would say, God, Melissa, this is really crappy. (laughs) And me saying, yes, and I'm okay with that. And you can go get a pedicure and have some French fries while you're at it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. It's a very interesting experience. And what I find so interesting, and, and and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this since you've been doing these continual ongoing 30-day challenges. So you're doing a new one every so often or every month or whatever, I find since I've been doodling regularly for a few years now, which is pretty much a daily practice, not, I don't do it every single day, but that's my ideal is that every day Mm -hmm. I do some doodling. When I have a consistent practice like that, I learn so much about myself through the practice of doing something in an ongoing way. So I would imagine that for you having multiple 30-day challenges that you've been learning a ton about yourself. Yeah, that, that's definitely one of those things. And the best example I think I had was when I did the Fear of a Blank Page inspired by your video. Yay! Oh, tell me about that. Tell me about what you learned. That, that was, oh my God, that was so hard for me. Because like, 
I I always come and oh, I will draw this flower. I do my research. I already know what I'm drawing. Hmm. And then there's a blank page. I'm like, just make a mark. Okay, I made a mark. But what next? What am I supposed to do next? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I started freaking out at some point. I'm like, I hated everything I made. Oh. Until I made some flowers. But this is something I know. I already know it. So I'm like, let's not make flowers again. Let's challenge yourself. Oh, wow. And again, I tried to make some doodles, patterns. Like There was even a creature at some point that looked like nothing. There was a turtle that looked like a turtle. So I got that. <laughs> but yeah, I I just, I was always terrified. I'm like, yeah, I can't, but I did it. <laughs> wow. And in, in the meantime, meantime, I actually opened up my, so I did it on paper with a pen because on the iPad, I would just erase it. Oh, um, so you're forcing yourself to exactly. not be able so, to erase it. Like you did with your travel sketchbook, you started with a pen. And yeah. that's actually with my crappy animals. I'm going to do it on paper with a pen. And that's it. Because on the iPad, I can just erase it. It's just so easy to do it. And one day I opened uh, my iPad and I'm like, okay, I'm bored with doing the flowers. I'm bored with this. I'm going to make a mandala which I do occasionally. It's not my regular thing, but I do. And at that point, I sat down. Like, oh, my God. It is a blank page. And I actually never planned this mandala. So I'm like, this is me experiencing blank page when I actually like what I'm making. Oh, and all my mandalas are exactly that. They're just sitting in front of blank page. And I start creating there without planning, without anything, like any research ahead of time. And at that time, I even discovered, finally discovered what's my style. Oh, wow. Before that, I was trying, like, exactly. I was sitting down in front of Mandala. I'm like, there's Mandala. There's circles. And started, look, I looked up some patterns that I could use. So, again, I did research and all that. But during that month, when I was doing the Fear of a Blank page, I opened the, my iPad for the, to make the Mandala. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm facing Blank page right now. I have no research. I didn't think of it before what I'm going to draw, what kind of a mandala it's going to be. And I let it be. I just started playing with the things I liked, the creation I like, and I discovered my own style. Wow. And you would not have gotten to that if you no. hadn't done this challenge. Yeah. And that was like one of the big things when I'm like, wow, I may hate all those drawings that I did or those me trying to make something, but it brought me here. Yeah. And it's still, even though I'm not continuing it, I probably will never sit down and start doodle, which is interesting because when I was in school, high school or middle school, I would always doodle. 
Huh. I would always make marks, some leaves, some things. And I, when I grew up, we can say when I left college or when I left high school, I'm like, I stopped doing anything. So I'm not going back to those roots I used to do. I'm like, I'm not feeling comfortable anymore. It's crazy how this changed. And I oh. can't. Yeah, I can't see myself doodling, but I see myself creating my my own creations without actually doing research before, which that's how I start practicing. So just learning what you like, how you improve your drawings over months brought me to a place where I feel comfortable in front of a blank page and actually making something. Wow. And it sounds like you you had to go through those, I don't know how many, but lots of drawings, those improvisational doodles of things that you didn't like how they came out, exploring, trying different things that led you to the mandalas that you liked. Yeah. And that was the biggest surprise. Like, I did not expect that happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's really similar to my own experience with painting and drawing in my own, my own style of doodling. I think so many people that I've heard from and my, just my own younger self, like, how do I find my voice? How do I find, help me, how do I find my voice? Well, you got to make a lot of stuff. Yeah. Just, just make a lot of stuff, make a lot of stuff and make more stuff. And if you make enough stuff, eventually you'll make some stuff that feels like you. Yeah. And what I also learned, like when you're saying this, it's like it will change in five years. Yes. It will be something else. In 10 years, it will be um, more out there or something that is not even related to what you were doing when you started. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Absolutely true. And yet it'll still be you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Wow. I'm so excited by what you're up to. I always am excited to see what you're up to on Instagram, Anya. Your work is so beautiful and inspiring. And the fact that my work has inspired you inspires me it's just this ongoing cycle <laughs> just, I love it and I know you you said you brought something cool to share yes so my cool thing are, it's Poopla Digital it's a digital library that you can log in with your library card and you have access to I don't know how many thousands of books audiobooks, uh, movies, music, whatever you ask. It's my favorite thing. Like I love that app. It's like, I, like I said, I'm like, whenever I, it's always in my ear. It's always with me. And I've listened to so many things that just change my thinking on so many different topics that, I would never read through all those books because there's no way we don't have enough time in a day 
to read, to sit down and read, because we're doing other things. But we can listen when we're driving to work or from work or running errands or taking your dog for a walk. And me as a pet sitter, I take a lot of dogs for walks. <laughs> and just cooking dinner, things like you can just listen. And it's, it's really amazing. It's definitely something that I, I can't imagine my life without at this point. That's fantastic. I'm so glad you shared that app because that's that's on my iPhone as well. And I'm surprised that I didn't have that on my list of something cool to share. <laughs> so it's it's a fabulous, fabulous app. Yes. Awesome. Great. Something cool. My something cool is uh, a lot more, I don't know, fun and silly. <laughs> <laughs> So I encountered the, these two guys on Instagram, they're performers, musicians, they, their Instagram handle is two set violin, T W O S E T violin. And I will share in the show notes, a YouTube video called Pockle Bell's Chicken. so these guys are actually really amazing violinists but they're also comedians they're very funny that's an interesting combination that's yeah something original yeah so they they just make these really funny hysterical instagram video clips and things and i guess they perform live i've just sort of follow their Instagram feed sort of on and off. And they have this, this video that is a rubber chicken doing Pockle Bell's cannon. So <laughs> it just made me giggle. So I will share it in the show notes so you can take a look at it and maybe it will tickle your funny bone as well. <laughs> so that's my something cool this week. Two set violins, Pockle Bell's chicken. (laughs) So, well, Anya, Anya Archer, how can people find you? The best I think will be Instagram. So it is Anya underscore Archer underscore designs. And you spell my name A-N-I-A underscore Archer underscore designs. Great. Anya mm-hmm. underscore Archer underscore designs. Yes. And then do you want to share your other Instagram account as well? Uh, the newest one I just created is uh, for a floral challenge, Instagram challenge, where every week I post a picture of a photo, pick picture of a floral, some kind of a flower, and we draw it. We have a week to draw it. And then whoever shares it, we uh, share it on the Instagram. And that is uh, sunshine inspired florals, all written together without spaces, without anything. So it's sunshine inspired florals. Perfect. Great. Well, I am so glad that you were willing to step outside your comfort zone and come on the podcast. It's been a total delight. One would never know that this was stepping outside of your comfort zone because you just were 
really fun to talk to. Oh, thank you. I was really excited because talking to you always brought me some amazing feedback and insights. And today was, as always, like that. (laughs) (laughs) So every time we were in Creative Sandbox and we were hopping on the calls, I always got something out of it. So it's just amazing to talk to you again and hear your feedback. Ah, thank you. (laughs) Well, it's delightful to talk to you, Anya. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your stories and your insights and your beautiful art and keep sharing. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with your crappy animals. I'm not (laughs) sure if I'm going to share them officially on Instagram, but I may send you a few. Okay. Sounds good. Well, whatever you share, I will look forward to seeing it. (laughs) Amazing. All right. All right. Thanks so much, Anya. You're welcome. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. That's it. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Anya Archer. Let me know if you resonated and connect with me on LinkedIn or direct message with me on Instagram. And I mentioned right at the top that Anya was a member of the Creative Sandbox community. Well, I recently opened the doors to the Creative Sandbox community to the public, and Anya is a member again. So you can come play with us there if you like. You can meet other creative, open-hearted, like-minded women from all over the world at every stage of the creative journey. Support, encourage, and learn from each other. Find inspiration every day in our online forum, which is not on Facebook, but on a private, mobile-friendly network. And your membership also includes my flagship seven-day e-course, Creative Sandbox 101, which is the course that inspired my book, The Creative Sandbox Way. And to make it more accessible for a limited time, the basic membership level is half off. It's just $100 a year or $10 a month. And you can check it out over at creativesandboxcommunity.com. That's creativesandboxcommunity.com. And I would love to welcome you inside. So that's it. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you are getting value out of the podcast, please share it with a friend. And as always, I would be super appreciative if you would take a moment to hop on over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. If you don't know how to do that, because Apple iTunes, the Apple podcast player doesn't always make it so intuitive to, you know, know how to leave those five stars, or I'm assuming it's, (laughs) I would love it if you would leave me a five star review. They don't always let you know how to do that. And to leave a couple of sentences. Um, I have step by step instructions at creativesandboxway.com slash iTunes dash review. That's creativesandboxway.com slash iTunes hyphen review. And if you email me and let me know that you left a review and how the podcast has made a difference in your own life, that is how you can apply to be considered for the listener spotlight, which is just what you listened to. That was Anya's listener spotlight. If I pick you, we will have a really fun, relaxed conversation and you will get to be featured on the podcast. And one of my superpowers is making people feel 
comfortable. So you'll have a lot of fun. Here is what Anne-Marie wrote for her review. Put your gremlins to rest and listen to Melissa. Five stars. This podcast really opened my eyes and opened the doors to my creativity. Melissa has shown me that you do not have to be an artist, in quotation marks, to lead a creative life. As children, we were naturally creative because we had no fear and we were curious. Listening to the 10 rules, which I now call the 10 guideposts, Creative Sandbox Way guideposts, I have learned to send the gremlins to the nail salon and let my inner five-year-old out to make and share things. Thank you, Anne-Marie. And of course, Anne-Marie was a listener spotlight a few months back. All right, so that is it. Thank you so much. Until next time. And go get creating. Subscribe at creative sandboxway.com slash podcast.